0: and welcome to the Innovation Squadcast. Today's episode is called Zooming into the Classroom. I'm Sloan Chinners,
1: Priscilla Calcut, Bill Sheridan,
0: and Lindy Balachek. So the reason why we decided to get started with this topic this week is because our district has rolled out Zoom for internal use. So we wanted to take today to talk about some features that we have found useful. Our teachers may want to use these features with their students so that they can make learning engaging.
2: Sloan, one of my favorite features that um, Zoom has is the breakout rooms and how you have some different options with the breakout rooms. You can assign autumn Zoom picks the um, the students for which breakout rooms. You can manually input the students or I like the other option where you can allow students to pick what breakout room they want.
0: Yeah, that's a super handy feature. I feel like When you're trying to do collaborative work virtually, sometimes it gets a little bit tricky to kind of set up the behind the scenes um, structure for that. But Zoom has made it easy for you to be able to help students work together in different capacities with a lot of different setup options. And one of the other really cool things within those breakout rooms is where students can raise their hand to um, ask the teacher for help. So the teacher from the host view can just kind of pop into that room because they get a little notification that says so-and-so has requested for the teacher to join. And then when the teacher joins, she can see that whatever's in the chat, there's nothing that the teacher can't be aware of. And um, it just really helps for the teacher to know what's going on in each group and be able to pop in and out and help facilitate
1: that collaborative group work. And so I'm thinking about the chat feature, too. Um, with Zoom, there is that option for teachers to be able to collect the data from the chat. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that a little bit? I think some teachers might be interested in how to get that.
3: So yeah, you can download the all the chat that occurred throughout the session. Um, it's it's really easy to do it. It's automatically downloaded to your computer at the end of the of the session, uh, which is really nice. The the other thing that I particularly like in the chat is uh, there's a few more ways for students to engage with their teachers throughout there are uh, what they call you know reactions which uh, in Google meets has to be done through extensions and um, there's a few built-in functions but zoom just seems to have a few a little bit more Features than what than what you see in meet, and it, I think it really helps the students to stay connected with the teacher throughout throughout the meeting.
2: And Phil, I also like um, talking about chat that you can um, as a student. I can privately message my teacher, and it's not out there for everybody to see. So if I'm confused with something or need um, clarifying uh, information, now I can just ask um, the teacher in a private message versus for the whole class to
1: see yeah yeah one of the like safety kind of features with zoom is that the students can um you know comment and um, chat with the teacher as well as with the entire class but not student to student individual conversation which i think is a great um, safety feature for that
3: the other thing in chat that you get that makes things uh you know, a little bit easier in classes, you have the ability to file share through through the Zoom chat, which is, uh, you know, again, not to sit and compare and contrast necessarily to Meet, but, you know, Meet is not, Google Meet does not allow for that um, in, in as, as it does in Zoom. So that's nice, you know, if a student comes in and they need to, you know, share something with their teacher or the teacher, you know, let's say Google Classroom, they couldn't submit it through there. For whatever reason, the teacher has the ability to say, well, just send it through the chat and collect things that way. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think that is really cool. And from the teacher view or the host of the Zoom, being able to look at all of the chat at one time, it it's really nice because it'll say to everybody, welcome, blah, blah, blah. And then it will say to, you know, Phil Sheridan. And then in parentheses, it says privately. So if you're trying to be presenting to your students and talking with your students and also manage the chat. If you didn't have someone there to be a co-host, it's nice that you can see both the private and the everyone messages in that chat view um, to be able to quickly toggle between them instead of having to go back and forth and back and forth and, and check on each thing to follow up with. So like yesterday in our AP meeting, I found that to be very helpful that it all was right there and I didn't have to toggle between just private just everyone, it was all in one location. And,
3: you know, the private messaging with kids to teachers is a nice feature for some of those students that are at home that don't, aren't confident enough to send a question into the entire chat or speak up. Uh, this kind of gives those kids some, you know, a little bit of confidence to go ahead and, and you know, ask their teacher um, and not feel like well, the whole mm-hmm. class is gonna see my question that I'm sending. So that's a really nice, nice function.
2: Definitely. Sloane, talking about co-hosting, um, I liked yesterday in our meeting, uh, you were the co-host and you were able to admit each person in. Um, and not that you have to have a co-host, but that is one feature that is very different. And I think that we're going to really enjoy is you have to admit um, each student in so you can see who's coming in, who's coming in late. Um, but also if you have that um, unwanted guest trying to get into your Zoom meeting, you, can't, you don't have to let them in.
1: hmm and as a teacher thinking about what would a co-host look like in my classroom, you know, I don't have a second teacher in there mm-hmm. um, with me. So the co-host might be a student that you have deemed to be um, very responsible. But with that responsibility, you know, there's high levels of expectations and it's something that you have to be cautious about, but it could be an, an opportunity as well.
0: Mm-hmm. When you leave that meeting, another uh, kind of piggybacking on what Priscilla said, so when I'm the teacher and I get ready to leave the meeting and I click the red end button, there's going to be the option to either end the meeting for everyone. And so that closes the whole, the whole Zoom out and you know that nobody's left in there to chat amongst themselves or they're not supervised or anything, or you can leave the meeting. So one thing that will be important as you're starting to play with Zoom in your classroom or whatever setting you're in is to make sure to not click leave meeting because if you do, you'll be able to, it'll make you assign a, um, to transfer that host ownership to another person in the meet. Um, It'll say assign new host. And so it actually will let you assign a new host of a student, um, which then that student would be in charge of um, the whole shebang and the student could actually withdraw your permissions and then remove you from the meeting. So you don't want to click to, leave the meeting and assign your student as to switch them to being the new host altogether. Big
1: but, caution
2: flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but when you're the when they're just a co-host, then you're good to go. Just make sure to click in for all. I do like that kind of caution flag. Do you want to send it over just another co-host that kind of makes you, you know, think twice about just hitting that in button. It kind of gives you that like you said caution flag um, to not use it.
3: Mm-hmm. So one one of the things that Lindy, I think, mentioned a little while ago, seeing when people can come in, you know, when they come in, when they're coming in and when they're leaving, you know, as far as the participants go and, you know, one of the things that you don't necessarily see, um, if you're familiar, if you're used to Google Meet is, you know, the attendance feature where, you know, where is that um, in there and zoom does have attendance as well, and it works uh, just as well as Google Meet does, you just have to go into your um, log in through ClassLink, go into your Zoom account, and then to reports, and then you can run your reports there. Unlike Google Meet, where it's emailed to you, but uh, it still gives you the same information about when they got there, when they left, who was, you know, who all was in your meeting. So, Mm -hmm. really easy.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Going back to the part where, um, you know, students will be in a waiting room and you have to admit them into a waiting room. you know, if you think about if I have a smaller class size, that might not be too troublesome. But if I have a very large um, class size, what, what are some tips that we could offer to teachers for that? Well, I
3: think the nice thing about the waiting room is that at least for, you know, parents or, or students that are trying to join a class, you know, they know that if they're going, if they get to a waiting room that they're, you know, they're at the right spot. Right. You know, I know a lot of times, um Students will go to Google Meet and they'll get an error or they'll, you know, whatever if the teacher's not um, Mm -hmm. hasn't started it. So at least waiting room gives confirmation to those that are trying to join that, you know, you're in the right spot, but just hang out because, you know,
0: Mm
3: -hmm. class is not ready to begin. So
0: absolutely from working the student help chat. That's one of the main things that students hop on and say, hey, my meet's not working. And then when we try to log in as them, we see, oh, it's actually just not time for your meet yet. So your teacher's not there yet. Hop back on in, you know, five minutes or whatever. So I, I totally agree. I think that will yeah. just be more reassuring to them that they're yeah. in the right place. And they if, just wait till they're.
3: And if the waiting room isn't something they get, then they'll get a message that says the meeting hasn't started at all. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's going to help to be a little bit more communicative with, with those trying to join.
2: Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, um, you know, if a the- kid is removed, and and like you said, not comparing to Google Meet, but if a kid is removed from the classroom, we've noticed that it's, they can't get back in the following day. Whereas if I have to remove a student with Zoom, now I can um, put them back in the waiting room instead of removing them. So then there's that, you don't have that issue. Or if somebody needs to be removed for a few minutes or in the waiting room for a few minutes, and then come back, you can always bring them back in.
0: Mm -hmm, Definitely. Another one of the cool features is the ability for the participants or the students to tell the host whether they are needing to go a little bit slower or a little bit faster, depending on whatever the meeting is about. And if they just need a little bit more time or something um, in the little um, in the ribbon of buttons,
3: reactions. Yes, the reaction
0: section. Has some cool stuff like a hand clapping and a thumbs up similar to again google Meet. but then there's also the yes no slower faster so the teacher could even do a quick question like um you know what do you think a yes or no question so the kids can reply then from the teacher's view on the side of the screen where it says participants as long as they have that checked then they would be able to see the list of all their students and then see a quick view of who said yes who said no or a pulse check, do we need to go faster, slower, and just be able to get a quick visual?
3: And, and that just goes back to, I think, the engagement piece, you know, mm-hmm. keeping students that are remote from being just passive watchers of, mm-hmm. you know, of a video, essentially, um, to, you know, in, in, in increasing their engagement capacity in class. And, you know, the other thing that goes along with engagement is when a is sharing their screen, participants have the uh, ability to annotate on the screen. So a teacher could could have something up and uh, ask students to, to interact with that. And they can do so through annotations.
0: Absolutely. And Phil's getting ahead of himself because our next week topic is actually <laughs> going to be some of those really cool engagement tool, uh, the ways that we can use Zoom for engaging students. So he just gave you a teaser. The annotation yeah. tools are super cool. Check them out if you have time. And if not, we're going to dig deeper into those uh, next week for you. Before we go, we wanted to let you hear from a couple of teachers from Berkeley County who shared some more tips about Google Classroom from last week's episode. Hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Dr. Zahner, librarian and Google certified trainer at Hanahan High School. One tip our high school teachers have loved is the fantastic reuse post feature. This allows teachers, especially at the high school level on block schedules, to reuse previously posted information and assignments. You can edit to make new copies of any attachments, including rubrics, or add new ones. Great tip, Dr. Zahner. I'm sure all those high school teachers out there with multiple blocks really appreciate being able to reuse stuff. We have another mailroom reply this week from Amber Traverse, who's a fifth grade teacher over at Nexton. She said, the way that I utilize Google Classroom for my fifth grade blended class Is by creating weekly topics in each classroom that correlate to the week. So this week is January 11th through the 15th. All assignments posted for the week will be found under this heading. This allows my students to easily navigate during the school day to do their assignments using my verbal directions. It's also great when talking with students and parents about missing work as I'm able to reference the big topic, the week and days, from there so that they can easily find those assignments that they're missing. This is cut down on the need for students to scroll through classwork assignments, which can often take many minutes when looking for old, missing work.
1: That's a great tip from Amber. Thank you. We have another tip from Larson Tedder. She's a teacher at Berkeley Middle School and currently teaching math strategies and leadership classes. When it comes to organizing my Google Classroom, I make sure to group assignments by unit. I title all my assignments in Google Classroom the exact way as they are going to be in PowerSchool. This really helps students out. I also categorize my posts with emojis. For example, my students know the posts with red hearts are going to be test grades, yellow hearts will be quiz grades, and so on. It helps them quickly scan their Google Classroom to find necessary information. It's important to me to keep my Google Classroom as clean as possible. I try to mainstream as much content as I can. Thanks so much, Lars, and I know that students really appreciate that, parents as well.
0: Absolutely, sometimes it's hard to keep track of everything, so any little bit helps. Great tip.
3: Let's hear from you. This week we'd like you to tell us about engaging features that you've discovered with Zoom. Share your answer using the anchor message feature, be sure to create your account first, comment on our Facebook post, or reach out to an ILC by email.
0: We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Squadcast, Zooming into the Classroom. Be sure to check out the show notes for additional resources and links that might be helpful. It's available in the description of this episode. Tune in next week.